July edition of the Doghouse. Your inside look at the Cleveland Browns and the star-spangled banner there being played by the Ohio State University Marching Band. Hello, everybody. We're jumped on Andy McNamara along with Matt Florjancic, Dogs by Nature. You can find our podcast there on Twitter as well at AndyMC81 at Matt Florjancic. And Matt, we're on for a special holiday edition because there is a Cleveland Brown who wants out of town, and it is tight end David Njoku. This came down the other day. Um, it looked, Matt, just on paper that this should be something David Njoku would be in favor of because Kevin Stefanski's offense, which for people who forget, this is an evolution of the Gary Kubiak offense who learned it as a backup quarterback under Mike Shanahan in the Denver Super Bowls and that Kyle Shanahan uses. It's tight end focused. It's our running back focused. And theoretically, as long as you can catch the ball, which David doesn't know what to do, uh, both tight ends should have enough food to eat, but he wants out. Yeah, you know, this kind of made me laugh. Uh, and it still does, to be honest with you, because I think it shows – uh, a couple things here. Um, first of all, he's a young man that just had a fifth-year option picked up in a year where more than half of the first 10 picks did not have their options picked up, and yet he still is afraid to compete with the likes of a rookie and Harrison Bryant and Austin Hooper. Mm-hmm. I don't understand what that's saying to other teams and other coaching staffs, like who's going to want a guy that doesn't want to compete on their team. It doesn't make any sense to me. And I think he's getting bad advice from his representatives. I'll do respect to Drew Rosenhaus. I think he's a fine agent, but I think on this one, they're missing the boat. Yeah. David should stay put. Learn how to run routes and focus on catching footballs. And then if it doesn't work out after the the year, then you can demand a trade or they do something with your contract to get rid of you. That's fine. But I think he, for the long-term success of David Njoku's career, he would be really smart to show up, be attentive, improve your game and make plays on Sundays Mm -hmm. in a Browns uniform. And then if you don't want to resign, that's on you. You'll be more, but you'll be more desirable to other teams that want tight end help. Exactly. Exactly. And and Matt, this is a case too, where it's not like he has a whole bunch of, of leverage for the Browns to be eager to trade him. Played in four games. He was injured for most of the year. Healthy scratch by Freddie Kitchens at the end. He had five total catches, one touchdown. And you look at when he has thrown the ball. It's We've said it for the past few years now. When it's a contested, tough catch and he really has to concentrate, guy seems to make plays. When he's wide open, he doesn't. Those stone hands. I, it kind of reminds me of like a Greg Little. Has the look. Has, and if you go to like pro wrestling, has like has like all the look you want, but just can't deliver when it counts and is missing something. And David's only 23 years old. I still think he can get better. I still think he can improve. But it's very odd. Fires his agent, gets Drew Rosenhaus, who helped negotiate David John- or, uh, Duke Johnson's exit out of Cleveland as well. Um, I just don't know, Matt. Like, if I'm the Browns, there's rumors that he's linked to the Dallas Cowboys. Dallas needs a playmaking tight end for sure. But 
is it worth for the Browns to get back what? Probably like a fourth round pick? Like if if I'm Andrew Barry, I'm like, nah. I don't I I don't even know that they could get a fourth rounder. Wow. Really? They traded back into the back end of the first round in twenty seventeen to get Njoku, and I really don't know that they could even get a fifth. Man. I think the best you could hope for is a conditional pick. And in doing some research ahead of the podcast, I've I've found that sources within the Cowboys have said after we just gave Blake Jarwin a contract, we want nothing to do with David Njoku. Oh, really? And that's pretty telling to me that the market isn't as good as they think it is for his skills. Guy has tremendous physical attributes. I am not here to distribute uh, no. to to dispute that. He he looks like he's chiseled out of granite. Freak I mean, athlete. the dude is just a, a physical specimen. But he can he well, I shouldn't say he can't, but he hasn't to this point delivered the way that you would hope mm-hmm. a first round. No. A couple of years ago in training camp, I think it was 2018, he was running drills and he could not get the fade route right. Like he just could not figure it out. After practice, Richard Higgins, Todd Haley, the tight ends coach, the wide receivers coach, and Tyrod Taylor all spent like 20-something minutes with him trying to explain to him the intricacies of the fade route. They ran it. They ran alongside of him to show him how to do it. Tyrod Taylor was calling out all sorts of directions, showing him basically drawing it up in the dirt. This is what I want you to do. He still couldn't do it. And Matt, like not to simplify anything in the national football league, but the fade route isn't one of your most complex routes. It doesn't get much easier than that. one. I was going to say, is that that fair? Like this is, for essentially, if you're a big dude, six four, who was a was a high school, uh, a high jump champion, um, the fade route is you run to the end zone corner, quarterback throws the ball up, you jump up, you get it, and you get your feet inbounds. That's that's about it, right? I mean, it's the it, it, it's the perfect play for a guy like uh, with David and Joe's yes. physical skills. Absolutely. It's tailor made. The route was like tailor made for guys like David Njoku. Absolutely. Yeah. It, it, it was. And he didn't didn't grant now is that a a football IQ, just an effort that who knows. Now he, again, he's 23 years old. The, this is baffling to me. To to me it's a focus issue. Mm. It's just not listening or or trying to listen to too many voices. We're not listening to enough voices. It's a focus issue. You need one person that's able to explain it. And after that, you know, you should be able to take it from there. But he can't. I mean, shoot, last year during training camp, uh, even his teammate, like David is a notoriously bad training camp practice player. Like, it just it looks like he's never played football in his life sometimes. <laughs> sometimes he makes great plays, and other times it looks like he's never seen a football. <laughs> like, it's just woefully inconsistent, the productivity they get out of David in practice. 
and David was talking to the media after a particularly difficult practice. He did not have a very good day, and yet he still obliged his or did his media obligations and answered every question. On his way out of the tent, Christian Kirksey walks in, and Christian, in his own way, decided to give Jogu a little encouragement and say, hey, David, did, when you go in the field house, the jugs machine's the one on the right. <laughs> yes. Trying to trying to bust him and tell him, hey, why don't you go work on your hands? Wow. And there was a response, a two-word response that ended with a U. Um, <laughs> did not start with a thank. No. I will say that. No. Um, but, uh, yeah, that that in a nutshell tells you that everybody tries to help him and it's up to him now to figure out how to make it work. Yeah. Well, and I, if he can't, then he's going to be another guy that bounces around the league for a few years because of his physical attributes until he's, you know, until people understand what he does and doesn't give you. And then they'll wash out. Mm-hmm. They'll fade away. And, and that's, and that's it. Now, the one benefit I think maybe, Matt, for the Browns here is he's still on his rookie deal. The 50-year deal is heftier financially, but if you're a team that thinks you can get something out of him, the 50-year is going to be a bargain if he turns into a top tight end with, with the, the projection and ceiling. You have that, but yeah, like Dallas, like Matt, why do they need an extra body? You got Amari Cooper, C.D. Lamb, Michael Gallup. Jarwin to me is just a guy, but they obviously see something like him. Oh yeah, you got that old Buck guy, Zeke Elliott, and Dak Prescott's pretty damn good too. You don't need David Njoku. Why would you spend extra money no, on a tight end? You, no, you you don't, and that's what the sources have told. I think it was Sports Illustrated who quoted the sources saying basically we have no interest in him. You know, we just spent all this money on Jarwin. We have other playmakers. We have other other needs to get done before we worry about depth at the tight end yeah. position. Yeah. It, it, yeah I'm, I'm with you. If I'm David Njoku, come in, ball out, show that you belong and that you're ready for a big contract, and whether that's in Cleveland or elsewhere, cool. But you're coming off of a four-game, five-catch, one-touchdown season for 41 total yards. You want to negotiate, bro? Come on. No, and it does the Browns no good at this point to make a deal to appease him because you're you're going to get pennies on the dollar. And this organization is is not going to make a deal like that. With as many guys as they have in the front office that are very intelligent, well-educated, good overall people, they're not going to look at this and say, Hey, we're going to take a fifth for a guy that we traded back into the first to draft no. just three years ago. No, no, not at all. And, and for disappointing for David uh, to hear that about David Njoku because of the upside and because, assumingly, Austin Hooper would be the main focus. So you'd, you'd think maybe some lesser coverage on him. But if he's not here, look, here's the thing, folks. Whether it's for regular football, fantasy football, you follow the money, you follow the contract, you follow the draft pick. Austin Hooper was paid a lot of cash by the Cleveland Browns to be brought in. He wasn't being brought in for just a fun little supplemental piece. In 13 games, he had 787 yards, 75 catches, six touchdowns. Guy 
6-4-254 chain mover touchdown. You put that over a full season, those three extra games, Matt, we're talking about a thousand yard guy. And in this offense, if I'm looking at Austin Hooper, once I, and again, I'll take a fantasy football slant to it for a sec is once you're through in your draft of the, the Travis Kelsey's George Kittle, Zach Ertz, uh, maybe even a uh, Darren Waller type, Austin Hooper is right there. And boy, I, I think in this offense again, which is because you look, look to the Kyle Shanahan offense. Who gets most of the balls? It's George Kittle and the running backs. Austin Hooper is going to be yeah. for a big year. So you do that, and then, then you work in. All of a sudden, Harrison Bryant gets, gets moved up maybe a, a little faster than we thought, but maybe he gets more exposure on the field and, become, and develops into that number two, maybe like a Dallas Goddard on Philly uh, who compliments Zach Ertz. Yeah, I could see that playing out, especially if Njoku pushes it even further and says, I'm holding out till I get traded. And I think Bryant's going to be right there as the number mm-hmm. two option. And he comes in with a hell of a pedigree over 2000 yards receiving in college, the first non power five conference tight end to win the Mackey award ever. Like he's got a good pedigree. And if given the amount of reps in training camp that a number two tight end would usually get, I mean, shoot, it's not inconceivable that he could be right there in the mix for the, for a number two role. Like he just, him in. He's got all the physical attributes. He's got the productivity that you want to see, and he'd be a good complement for Austin mm-hmm. Hooper. He's going to be hungry. And the thing is, the Browns have so much talent on offense, it's not like you've got to even push him because you got Kareem Hunt. You can slide in for slot work, of course, Odell and – Jarvis and Hollywood uh, and then Hooper and Chubb like you have enough weapons where you can ease him in and feel comfortable that you don't have to force it because oh, oh no we, we, we don't have anybody else like this for Harrison Bryant might be a good thing and hey David Njoku you know what man hope you get your head straight because if when he's on if he can you get that skill set up that makes the Browns extra scary but if he's not like I'm comfortable with Harrison Bryant coming in yeah, I would be too. I, I think a lot of work has to be done on David's part to show that he has improved. And if he comes out for the fourth straight year and say he does show up to training camp and he looks like he's looked the first three, the coaching staff's going to look at him and say, yo, dude, we've you've had four years to figure this out. Mm-hmm. Like it's time to make a move here. Like either you continue to work and you try to figure it out or we got to move on because this isn't working for us anymore. No, not, not at all. It's up to David what he wants to do. Yeah. Does he want to be an NFL tight end, make a lot of money, set his family up for at least a generation? You know, does he want to do all that? Okay. If the answer to that question is yes, then you got to put in the work and you got to focus on your craft and be willing to improve. You can't just expect to show up and say, I look like a Greek God. I am ready to go for an NFL team. That's not how it works. You have to be able to do the work. You have to prove to these coaches that you're willing to put in the work that you're willing to improve and that 
you show some signs of that improvement. Otherwise, you're no good to them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and the thing is, too, Matt, you look at I'm looking at Austin Hooper's uh, numbers again for tight ends. This is what you like to see. Double digit average catch. Uh, ten and a half last year. Forty one first downs along with the 75 catches, also six touchdowns. So you look at a guy, too, at 25, tight ends are are players that can really hit their stride when they hit the 26, 7, 8, 9 mark. So this is Austin Hooper, you get who balled out the last couple of years and who's just hitting his prime. Like, okay, Najoku, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll lean on Austin Hooper and the new guy and see what Bryant has in store. Like that's that's just where we are. I'm very excited about Austin Hooper uh, joining this team. The, the question, of course, Matt, is going to be with the virtual workouts. Austin, now, Austin Hooper went down, worked out with Baker. That's initiative, right? We like that. Um, it's going to be fascinating to see if the season does start on time, what timing is like, not just for the Browns, but across the NFL. Like we could see a whole four to six weeks of the season look like preseason sloppy sloppiness. Yeah, especially because the focus is going to be more on practices and less preseason games, so you're going to get less reps for guys, which hurts somebody like Harris and Bryant, but doesn't do David and Jogu any favors either. Mm-hmm. No, like you have a you're, you have a very finite window now to prove what you can do. Training camp rosters are likely going to be cut from ninety to seventy five or eighty somewhere in that range because of concerns about bringing in too many bodies and the exposure to the coronavirus and all that stuff. So when you factor all that in, like this, this is going to be a, a weird year, but a year for guys to rise to the occasion, who put in the work, make the sacrifices to be better at their craft. And I, I just don't see how, his agents and representatives think this is a good battle plan for him going into this unprecedented season. Yeah. It seems like a mistake. Um, other news that's been floated around seems like it uh, has died down in uh, last couple of weeks though, Matt Jadavian Clowney still out there. The reports of um, he w- wants more money. Doesn't want to come to Cleveland personally. I hope he does not come here. This just screams another Jamie Collins situation where a guy just wants to get paid and isn't going to give two craps about it. Uh, I'm fine not having Jadavian Clowney. I'm with you on that one. This is a guy that has a history of work ethic issues, Mm -hmm. Um, a lot of talent, decent production in the NFL. But if if he's willing to balk at 15 mil a year for a one-year prove-it deal – that's a hell of a one-year prove-it deal, by the way. Yeah, um, uh, yeah. Then I don't, I don't need him on my team. I'll, I'll roll with Miles Garrett and some of the other guys that they got up front, Larry Ogunjobi and Sheldon Richardson. I mean, Sheldon can play inside or out. Yeah, Larry, I don't know, has given has been given much chance to play on the edge, but it's not like he couldn't do it. Um, they, they've got plenty of talent up front. Yeah, adding a guy like Clowney makes a whole world of difference, but if he's going to be a malcontent and be just here for the money, that's not what this franchise needs right now. We don't. No good franchise has guys that are just hanging around for the money. Patriots never had that problem. No, no, they, they absolutely didn't. And so uh, 
Yeah, that's uh, that's really outside of the Njoku stuff, Matt. It's now just sort of cross your fingers, hope the Browns stay healthy, and that everybody gets to camp on time end of July, right? Yeah, we're kind of in the in uncharted waters here. A lot of coaches have been telling their staffs, hey, be ready to go as soon as July 18th. You know, this thing could blast off, which would be two weeks from today. Hmm. We don't know what the the fall is going to look like. We don't know if there's going to be advances towards a vaccine for coronavirus. We don't know if we're going to have a resurgence and have the second wave, which is supposed to be worse than the first one numbers are spiking all across the country you know arizona texas florida california ohio's had bad numbers tennessee has had spikes chicago's banning people from coming in uh and going about their business until they go through a two-week quarantine this is a situation that's unprecedented in our lifetimes and we're all kind of just flying blind it's good to have that goal that by the end of the month yeah we might be in training camps but i mean we might not be in training camp until september Mm -hmm. and then we push the season back six eight weeks starting mid-october i mean we we don't know what's going on in the the world we don't know what's going on in the country a lot of places with multiple nfl teams including california texas florida they're all seeing these they were the first to reopen or they tried gradual reopenings and now they're repealing almost all of their reopenings all the museums and restaurants and bars were ordered to close down in florida just earlier this week and it it's just it's bizarre world to think that we could have football in any form by the end of the month when this situation we've got with the reopening has been bungled on so many levels so yeah you hope you're hopeful but i don't see a football season with fans not right. full stadiums right. like roger goodell keeps saying yeah i think at Just most 25 percent capacity to start wow. maybe by mid-season you could roll it up to 50 and they're going to want to jam-pack the super bowl if if they can, but don't rule out the possibility that this could be the first Super Bowl that goes on pay-per-view. Wow. Interesting. Okay. Or, well, I guess that's how I'm dating myself. That's how old huh. I am. I go back to the pay-per-view, the pay-per-view days. days. I yeah. think it's called on-demand now. Right. Right. The, 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 yeah. Yeah. The, the old wrestling days where you, where you buy the pay-per-views. <laughs> I missed uh, on-demand. Yes, 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 yes. Fair. Yes, um, I mean that. I'm not sure that that might not be a possibility here. Think about this: if a billion people watch the Super Bowl and they charge fifty bucks a head to watch the Super Bowl, and say you're having a party of like twenty people, so say two hundred, say two hundred and fifty to five hundred million households buy the Super Bowl at. or $69.99 or $100 a crack. The NFL is going to make out like a bandit on this one. You know what, Matt? And if anybody knows how to make money, it's the National Football League. In a multitude of ways, yeah. I just want football back. Fans are not just give me football. It would offset everything that they would lose 
from live attendance, from merchandise sales, from fan fest tickets, from autograph signing tickets. It would offset everything mm-hmm. if they true. put it on demand. That's interesting. And took it off of free TV. Hmm. Well, all right. We'll uh, we'll track that. Interesting. Interesting take there, buddy. Um, people can find your work on Twitter at Matt Florjancic and Instagram at Matt Flo Sports. You can get me fantasy football time, baby. We're getting ready. We're prepping team by team fantasy football previews. Uh, you can get that on Twitter by me at AndyMC81 at AndyMC Sports. And Sunday mornings, uh, you can stream online Fan 590 and Sportsnet Radio, the fantasy show. So good stuff, Matt. Well, uh, hey, if, if Najoku gets traded or any other news, we'll, we'll jump in. But otherwise, next time up, we'll be hopefully getting ready for training camp. Yeah, man, I'm looking forward to it. I hope we have football in some kind of form this fall, whether – we're able to attend or not, whether the borders have opened up or not, whether my buddies from up north, my family from Toronto and Pickering and Cordes and all those those places are able to come down and watch a game with us. Wh- whatever the situation is, let's just hope we have some kind of distraction from everything that's going on in the world, social unrest, the coronavirus pandemic. You know, let's just hope we're able to get on the field safely at some point this year and get back to some semblance of normalcy. Amen to that. And happy 4th of July, Matt, to you, to everybody, all our listeners, all our friends down there. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I hope to get back to uh, my adopted hometown sooner than later, brother. All right. Well, we'll talk to you soon. It misses you. Oh, it misses you. I miss it more than more, – maybe more than I should – but I miss it. I miss it terribly. All right, buddy. Happy Fourth of July. We'll talk to you later. Happy Fourth, Andy, and to all of our listeners. Talk yeah. to you soon. All right. Be well. Is, yes, all of you too. Uh, that is Matt Florjancic. I'm Andy McNamara. This has been the Doghouse on SB Nation's Dogs by Nature. Go Brown.